Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi and I am your host and I am so excited. This is going to be, uh, the show is going to be a little different than what we usually do. And to me, that's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Things that I like this week, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. It's about a family of superheroes, the kind of unusual superheroes, not like your typical Marvel superheroes or DC superheroes, but I highly suggest take, taking a peek. It's a really good show. It's shot really well. Just a kind of uh, an update and a mea culpa a little bit. Uh, last week, I left Ian out of the Patreon shout out at the beginning of the month, which I did not mean to do. And I'm very sorry about that. I'm, it's embarrassing because I had the whole list there. I have no idea how I skipped past that. But Ian, thank you very much for supporting the show. If you would like to join Ian and have the potential for me to forget you in a Patreon shout out at the beginning of the, beginning of the month, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. All the money goes back into the show. I'm not using the money for anything except for this show. So I have a job. All my living expenses are paid for by my job. Just trying to make this show self-sufficient. That's my only goal with the Patreon. And uh, so far, I'm pretty pleased. We have a really great group of people that I interact with on a regular basis. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Supercharger 3 will be turned on, the first one will be turned on, Friday, March 8th at 8 p.m. in some time zone. I'm not sure where. Other exciting news, Elon announced via Twitter on Sunday that the Model Y reveal will be this Thursday, this next Thursday, March 14th. So that's exciting. So we're going to keep this Christmas present wrapped. We're going to keep it wrapped. We're going to keep it under the tree. We're not going to peek. We're just going to wait until the reveal, and then we'll really dig into it. I think it'll be a lot more fun that way. So before I begin, as a rule, I support a country's right to govern in a way that benefits the society it's supposed to be serving. Obviously, that statement is also problematic and doesn't apply in all situations. I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. I kind of teased it last week. We're going to talk about EVs in China, but first we're going to talk about China's social system, their social credit system. So what is China's social credit system? It's not 100% online yet. It doesn't uh, come on until 2020 come online full until 2020 is it's rewarding good behavior and the disincentivizing bad behavior. So this goes for people and businesses, legal entities, and it's a form of self-policing and uh, public pressure. Let's say that I'm not an expert in this field, so I might get a couple things wrong. Let's go right into 
what it is. So every citizen starts with a thousand points. And if you do something good, you gain points. And if you do something bad, you lose points. This is a great way to get people to follow the laws. Um, it's basically following the social contract that we all make with each other to live in a society, societal norms. We agree that this is something we agree to when we live in a large group or even a small group, I guess. And this is a good thing. It's a really interesting way right now, the way they're collecting this is they send people out with little notebooks, manual notebooks, and they write down all of the good things. Like they'll ask people who did good today, who did bad today or this month or whatever. And they'll write it all down. And then that goes into, goes back to an office. And then that office person takes the notebooks, the notes in the notebook and puts that into a computer. And then they publicly display that information. And that's your social credit system. If you do something good, you get discounts on utilities and rent. You get low interest loans. Um, you can buy an airline ticket. You can buy a train ticket. You know, perks, like I said, uh, do something bad and you lose points. And that can affect your ability to get a loan. Um, it can affect your ability at faster internet, uh, buy an airplane ticket. According to MIT uh, review, Chinese citizens were banned from buying plane tickets 17 and a half million times. And I think that was in 2018. If you have a score lower than 8,000, uh, you may not be able to purchase luxury goods. Your kids might not get into a good school. They give an example here. A man co-signed a loan for his friend. And I think what they mean by co-signed in this case situation is that they got the loan together. The man paid his share of the loan back, but his friend bailed. And because his friend bailed and didn't pay his share, the man that's in the story, his point total dropped below 1,000. Now, he wasn't home when he found this out. He was abroad or in, somewhere in the country of China. And he went to buy a ticket home, and there were no regular class seats available. So he said, okay, well, I got to buy a first-class ticket. He was not allowed to buy a first-class ticket because his point total was below 1,000. So he had to take a bus back. It would have taken three to four hours by train, and it took 10 hours by bus. So you can see there, there's already a huge inconvenience. These are what you would call anti-perks. You can do different things to raise your score. Obviously, you do good things. And if you find a wallet and you turn it in and somebody reports that you turned it in, you get more points. You can also donate blood, do charity work, and you can donate money at a, an official government office. Um, and the government says that money will go to charity. However, it doesn't. it's not clear as to what charity that goes to and where the oversight is there. I'm sure there's some, but it's not. It's, it's kind of opaque. So we got that out of the way. Now let's talk about EVs in China. So last week I talked about the twenty minute, uh, 60 minutes episode. And um, I put that link in the show notes. And I hope some of you watched it. If you didn't, go and watch it now, uh, if you don't mind. It's only 13 minutes long. It's pretty good. Okay, are you back? Here we go. There are more than 200 automakers selling EVs in China, according to the Associated Press. They include Tesla, VW, BMW, Daimler, Ford, GM, Nissan, Mitsubishi, and a whole bunch of other Chinese automakers. The reason why so many automakers want to be in China, it's, it's complicated, but basically it has to do with subsidies for the auto manufacturer and incentives for the uh, buyer. And there's lots of things. They go into this, at this in the 60 Minutes article. Now, some of those subsidies... And incentives have been scaled back, like as of January 1st, 2019, those were scaled back a little bit, but they're still there. 
But here's the part of the 60 minute segment that completely caught me off guard. I had no idea that this was going on. So I'm going to play that for you now. It's not long, but uh, I'll sit quietly while it plays. There are lots of Chinese companies as well. In Shanghai, China has built the largest EV database in the world. This is a map of all the electric cars in Shanghai. Now I'm going to stop right there. They're standing in the video, they're standing in front of this wall of screens. It's huge and it's got graphs and it's got uh, logos of the auto manufacturers and it's got little dots where every EV is. Um, um, Keep going here. Yeah. Ding Xiaohua is the deputy manager of the Shanghai Electric Vehicle Data Center, which collects millions of bits of information every day on nearly 200,000 electric cars on this city's streets. So let's find a Tesla. This is only Tesla brands. These are all Teslas? Yeah, all Teslas. Inside every electric vehicle in the city is a black box, automatically transmitting data to the center every 30 seconds. For example, the speeds, the mileage, the battery temperature. And does that help the government plan for the future? Yes. Public charging points, how many public charging points and where it is best place for the public charger. There is nothing like this in the US or anywhere else. Because it's real time. China is paving the way for the electric cars of the 21st century. And the blue ones are in use. Most of the country's hundred or so EV startups will be killed off by the competition. So we're going to stop there. So when she said which one of these are Teslas, he said they're all. The map was just lit up with all of these lights, little, little blue squares where all these Teslas are. And the thing that caught me off guard was when they said there's a black box in every car. There's a, Obviously, there's a black box in every modern car. Does that mean that uh, Tesla is sending the Chinese government the data from the black box that's normally installed in the car? Or does that mean they're sending the government the data from a separate black box that's installed in the car? That was not clear, and I wasn't able to find the information on that. But to the best of my knowledge, this is not something that Tesla is talking about publicly or any other auto manufacturer for that matter. Like they said in the, in the story, they're providing the government, the Chinese government, with real-time location information and a bunch of other really relevant data points. One of the points uh, that was made in one of the articles I read is they may know where your car is, but they don't know who's sitting in your car. And to that, I say a lot of these cars are being built with cameras on the inside. The Neos have a camera that faces inside the cabin. The Model 3 has a camera that faces inside the cabin. So that might be partially true, but it's not completely true. But basically, they're monitoring your daily activities. They're identifying potential threats or they could be identifying potential threats. And your score could potentially go down for breaking traffic laws. Like when we talked about the the gentleman who got the bank loan with his uh, friend, he paid his part back, but his friend didn't. He still lost points. So if you loan your car out to somebody, it makes sense. If they're breaking traffic laws, you're going to lose points. Now, as far as I know, this program isn't up and running in this uh, way, but it, it's not too far of a jump to think that it will be at some point in time. Official, officials uh, say the inf- information is used to improve infrastructure, prevent fraud, improve public safety, and to further infrastructure planning, which makes complete and total sense. The deputy director of the Shanghai 
Electric Vehicle Public Data Collection Monitoring and Research Center, we're just going to call it the Public Data Center, says uh, the data they receive is not designed to be used as surveillance. He uh, went on to say, and he said, and this makes, I commend him for saying this, to speak bluntly, the government doesn't need to surveil through a platform like that, like ours. The center is technically, like I said, a nonprofit, but it is aligned and funded by the government. This data can be shared with police. Uh, they can leak the VIN number with the owner's personal information. Uh, it's shared with prosecutors and courts. Now, the good thing here is it has to be done in a formal request. And this isn't unlike how it is in the United States. Um, like Tesla will, uh, if they get a, a subpoena, they'll comply because it's the law they have to, or any other car manufacturer for that matter. Um, but it goes through a, a judge. I don't know what the formal request is for this organization, but in the United States, it goes through a judge. And then once the judge says, yes, that's within the law, then the subpoena is issued. And then they have to give the information within a certain time period. But they also share it with government agencies like the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration when there's a wreck or whatever. The article uh, does say that when a person buys an EV, they obtain consent from the car owner to track all this information. And of course, if your only option is to give consent or not drive, you're just going to give consent. So I, I think that's kind of forced consent. It's kind of like when you pass through a EULA, if you don't agree with it, you don't get to use the software versus you agree with it. And then you're kind of not really bound, but you're, you're subject to the EULA. That's the end user license agreement. According to the article, automakers initially resisted giving the information to the Shanghai Center, but the government played hardball. They were like, okay, you don't want to share your information? Great. You don't get any incentives if you don't want to participate, which seems more like a choice on the part of the automakers and not a law that was passed by China. It's basically, if you want to take part in this big smorgasbord of money that people are spending here in China, then you need to play ball. And if you don't, cool, we're just not going to give you any incentives or subsidies. This is where I was talking about it's a nonprofit. It's funded by the government, but they're supposed to be separate from the government. But now the government's saying, if you don't give us this information, give the data center this information, then you don't get any incentives. So it's not really a, a nonprofit. When Tesla was negotiating the deal for the Gigafactory 3 in China, we heard at that time Tesla had two choices. First, uh, a foreign company can't own a manufacturing plant and own more than 50% of it. The other side is they could build the factory in a part of Shanghai, but they would have to pay tariffs as if the cars were shipped from the United States. So they save on the shipping, but they still have a 25% tariff. Now, these rules were relaxed. They weren't just relaxed for Tesla, but other manufacturers as well. I want to know, was sharing data with the government part of this trade-off deal? And the answer is, I honestly don't know, because nobody's talking about it. But I'd, I'd like to know. Um, I don't think we'll probably ever know. Before I wrap this up, this same scenario could play out in any country. In the United States, in 10 years, who knows what that's going to look like? Our government's fairly friendly towards citizens today, but who knows? Edward Snowden shined a light on government overreach and abuses in the United States. And how, no matter how you feel about Edward Snowden, the government was doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. So we're freely giving up our information and sometimes not so freely giving up information to companies to stay in touch with their families, have convenient email, or just to shout at the world 
now we're paying tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to a company to to collect our information so we could drive a car so that they can in turn share that information with the government. Now, does this mean I'm not going to buy a Tesla? Heck no, it doesn't mean I'm going to buy a Tesla. That's just going to be the way that it is. However, we should all be aware that that these risks exist. We benefit a little bit from the information we give, but the companies that are taking that information and then in some case the government, they benefit the most. And I guess, I mean, if the big takeaway here is we should all be very careful with who we give our money, uh, who we give our data to, really who we give our money to, because someday that's going to be, or could be, I don't want to say something, gonna, someday that could be weaponized against us. Our own information, we're paying companies tens of thousands of dollars and eventually, or someday, I don't want to hate working in absolutes, someday that's going to come back and bite us and used against us. Or some of us. When I say us, I mean the royal us. Like us as a, a group, a community. I don't mean us, like the people listen to this podcast. But that's it for me, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the show. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. And remember, I have a contest going. If you want to guess, you know what? I'm going to do a different contest for this hat. Just tell me you want the hat. Email me, tell me you want the hat. That's all you got to do. Okay, Bodie at 918digital.com, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital, and uh, we'll give a hat away. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.